6. Ephesians chapter number 6. From time to time, I will get mentioned that uh, it's a birthday floating around our church. I think we have a few. Brother Riley Sims is 13, and Matthew Bickham's birthday is tomorrow. Be sure to give him his birthday whooping after church. And then uh, Brother John Matthews, I believe, had a birthday this week. I think he turned 29 or 30, something like that. You be sure and wish them a happy birthday. Ephesians chapter number 6. I want you just to remain seated tonight, if you don't mind, because we're going to read a lot. And it's a very familiar passage that we know well. We're going to stay in the book of Ephesians as the Lord will allow us. And I'll be honest, in the preparation for our theme, I was trying to see if the Lord would allow me to just to preach through the book of Ephesians, but he did not lead in that. And so we will be jumping around as we have been in Ephesians, uh, looking at the body of Christ. And tonight we're going to look at a very simple thought, just a few things the Lord shared with us this afternoon that I want to share with you. And we're going to pick up in verse number 10, Ephesians chapter 6, just remain seated. I'm going to read down all the way through verse number 18. The Bible says, Ephesians 6, verse number 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, verse 18 is going to be our text verse tonight. I'll show, show you in a moment why we read the others. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Let's pray together. Lord, I do thank you for your word and how it speaks to us and contains what we need tonight. I pray you would stir our hearts through the truths of this passage and the others that we'll look at. And I pray, Father, as a body of believers here, that, Lord, you would unite us behind, uh, Lord, the common theme of your will, that, Father, help us to do our individual parts to make increase of the body. And I pray you'd help us through the message tonight to do just that. We do lift up those in the hospital tonight or those in a bad way, and we pray that you'd give healing and grace, be with families as they watch over them. And Father, I just pray that all this said and done tonight will be according to your will in Jesus' name. Amen. When we begin in verse number 10, and we kind of look all the way down through verse number 17, there's something interesting that takes place between verse 17 and, and verse number 18. We often read, I don't know how many Bible school themes have been done about the armor of God between verse number 10 and verse number 17, but you'll notice those verses are really personal. They are telling to the individual to take on the whole armor of God. But then as we get down to verse number 18, we notice the Bible says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. But watch the second half of verse number 18 and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We notice a transition between verse 10 and verse number 17 really deals with the individual of what we can do for ourselves in this spiritual warfare, which, by the way, is very much real, and I hope to look into that a little bit more throughout uh, the rest of the years. We look at growing in our, I believe, our third quarter of our theme, but verse number 18, it shifts gears, and the last part, if you'll notice the last three words of verse number 18, the Bible says, for all the saints... 
So it shifts from things that we can do for ourselves in spiritual warfare and uh, defending ourselves. But then we look down to verse number 18, and it broadens out. It zooms out just a little bit and deals with perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Oftentimes, as a pastor, you run into other preachers and you talk to them and ask how their churches are doing or maybe go preach at a different church. And uh, it's sad to see how many churches that, are, that dot our countryside that are, for all practical purposes, have died. And just like any time a person dies, maybe dies of mysterious circumstances, they go and they do an autopsy and try to figure out what happened, what caused the death of an individual. Oftentimes, if they could do an autopsy of a dead church, they will find that so often churches die of wounds that were self-inflicted. There are simply things that we could have done for ourselves to take care of ourselves, but we did not take care of ourselves, and therefore we succumbed to something that was preventable. Uh, since we've moved here, I haven't, uh, haven't got a new doctor here yet. We're kind of getting all of that together. And every year I have to go to the skin doctor, and they have to look and see if, if any of these moles or any of these freckles don't look like they're supposed to look. And uh, I haven't been in a few years, and I heard my wife on the phone the other day calling around, getting a doctor. And I know all, I think she's going to have to go get a dental checkup and all of those things. But all of those things are preventative. We're trying to make sure that there's nothing there that could have been prevented that could ultimately cost great pain and a great cost. And I believe verse number 18 gives us two or three things that we as a church can do for ourselves if we're just willing to be engaged in that. So very simple thought tonight, we're going to be preaching on being engaged for each other. Being engaged for each other, and if you will smile and amen, uh, nod your head a few times, maybe wave a hanky, uh, I might let you out early, but if, you, um, if I don't think you're getting it, I'm going to repeat it four or five times, okay? So we like that NASCAR race. We're going to go round and round and round till it's done, all right? So let's pay close attention to this tonight, but I believe verse 18 really does hold some good keys for us on what we can do for each other. We see verse 10 through verse number 17 as things we can do for ourselves, taking the armor for ourselves. But the end of verse 18 says, for all the saints. So what are the things in verse number 18 that we can do for each other that we might encourage and protect and prevent damage from coming to the body? So let's look if we could. The Bible says praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Now it's the second half of this verse we're going to focus in on tonight. The Bible says, and watching, and watching. I don't know about you, but watching doesn't seem to be a very strenuous job. I used to laugh, uh, laugh as a kid when people would tell me that they were bird watchers. I'm thinking, well, that's a really strenuous sport. But I want to tell you something. The older I get, the more I'm thinking about taking up that sport of bird watching because that's just about my metabolism right now is bird watching. Found myself on the back porch the other day. My got a new bird feeder, and I sit out there just watching the birds, and I can start really getting into that. Why? That doesn't take a whole lot of effort to bird watch. But can I tell you something? Amen. Amen. Can I tell you something tonight? When it comes to the church, there ought to be one simple thing we ought to be willing to do for each other to prevent damage and to prevent harm from coming to the body. And the Bible says that one thing that we can do is watch. So the first thing tonight, I'm going to give you three very simple things, is we can look out for each other. The Bible says, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. A lot of churches could have been saved a lot of heartache if they had just taken the time to watch for one another. It's sad, but we get very sucked into our lives, don't we? 
Our lives are involved. We all have things to do. We all have busy schedules. We have a lot planned. And it's so easy to get focused in on our life and to be solely watching out for our life. Now, that's important, but understand we are one body. We'll look here in just a moment in first, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. The Bible says that when one part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts. The reason my wife has been scheduling some of these appointments is I had a toothache the other day. Just a very simple toothache in the top of my mouth. But I don't know about you. I don't do well with pain. Uh, boy, you ladies who have given birth, uh, you deserve a trophy, a vacation, and a steak dinner. I told my wife, the Lord knew what he was doing, not making me a woman, because I just said, knock me out and wake me up when it's over. I'll meet the child when they're two. I wouldn't want to go through all of that. I don't like pain. It sidelines me. Now, I'm not a bad patient. Now, some of you are, I can tell, you're bad patients. You're, they just want to lock you in the room until you get better. I'm not a bad patient. I'm easy to get along with, aren't I? I, I just try to, you know, whatever my wife tells me I need, she, if she wants to knock me off, all she has to do is put the pill in my hand, and I'm going to pop it. I don't figure out what that is. I just take it. I'm a good patient, but I don't like pain. And the other day, I had a toothache at the top of my mouth. And let me tell you, I was near about in the fetal position. I was rendered totally inactive. Why? Because that little bit of pain there. My hand did not hurt. My head did not hurt. My feet did not hurt. But that one little toothache was causing distress in the entire body. Now, evidently, a cavity has snuck in in there. Evidently, as I brushed, I didn't see that back there because I didn't see it. Oh, now, see, yeah, kids, even the preacher has a cavity from time to time. And now it's causing me grief. I just didn't watch close enough. Now, can I tell you, churches can get cavities. If you don't watch, and we don't watch out for each other, Something can come within our congregation, can come in within your life, grief or pain, and cause distress for the entire body. This is why what we can do for ourselves simply is to look out for one another. Let's keep an eye on one another. Now, I'm not talking about be police, okay? I'm talking about compassionately look out for one another. Why? Because if something gets to them and hurts them, it's going to hurt us. Why? Because we're one body. Just about every time that I've gotten on an airplane, sitting there in the, uh, in the waiting area, watching the planes come in and park, I watch the captains go through before everybody else, and they're getting on the plane, and usually, if I'm not mistaken, it's the co-pilot that gets off the plane, he begins walking around the plane. He's walking around, and he has his flashlight, and I don't know what is on his checklist, but he obviously has some type of a checklist, and what is he doing? He's looking. Looking around that place. By the way, I appreciate that very much. I really do. You know, at 35,000 feet, when you're going 600 miles an hour, it's kind of late to pull over and check and see if the tire's flat, you know? So I'm glad that he's doing his job and he's watching. Now, is there anything wrong? No, but he's making sure. Why? It's not worth the risk. It's not worth the risk. Now, folks, if we love this church and we love this body and we look forward to what God could do with this body, the very least thing we could do is be engaged for each other. And simply the easiest way we can do that is by watching out for one another. There's nothing wrong with checking on someone when they miss at all. Now, don't bug the fire out of them, all right? You don't have to know why they were wrong, but you can let them know that they were missed. I like it when people call and check on me. Hey, you're all right? Everything doing okay? Makes you feel good, doesn't it? What are we doing? We're looking out for one another. Now, don't be Gladys Kravitz and be the, the nosy neighbor who's always trying to figure out everybody else's business. But if you care about this body, you're going to watch out. 
First Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 14. When Paul preached, he says, I don't say what I say. I'm not preaching this to shame you, but to warn you. But to warn you. Why was Paul taking the time? He was looking out for them. Why? Because he cared for them. Now, folks, if we don't care about this body and care about what God could do through this body, then let's just stay focused on our own life and be infatuated by this life, and you're going to watch. The cavity's going to enter in. It's going to cause grief and pain to our entire church. Look down, if you would, to 2 Corinthians. Take your Bibles. Turn back to your left. 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. I'm not going to read all of this. It's talking about the body. Maybe I meant 1 Corinthians 12. I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to keep you on your toes. It kind of helps if we're reading on the same passage, doesn't it? It does. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Look down, if you would, to verse number 26. The Bible says, And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. You know, I was thinking about Brother Prine up at the hospital. This afternoon, we spent a little time with them and um, went up there just to pray with them, let them know we love them, we care about them. He's a member of this body. And his family is carrying a burden tonight. Their hearts are heavy. His, his health is not good. And we're praying that the grace of God would, would heal him and raising up, raise them up. And we stepped out in the hallway just for a few minutes to, uh, to talk with Miss Edwards for, for, to get an idea about what was going on. And she began to cry. Her heart is broken at her dad's health and how right now they're not able to kind of get him, get, his, uh, get him up on his feet at the moment. And, you know, as she cries and as she hurts, we ought to be willing to cry and hurt with them. We ought to be willing to bear one another's burdens. Why? Because if one part of us suffer, all of us suffers. Now, folks, if our body is going to work well together, all of the pieces need to be in good health. And the way that we can do that is to look out for one another as the members of the body. Just, hey, I'm going to watch out for you and you watch out for me. But so often we get selfish. I was reading this afternoon when Jesus came to Peter and told him that Satan desired to have him that he may sift him as wheat. I'll be honest, if I was Peter and Jesus came to me, I probably would have reacted the same way Peter did in pride. I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be fine. I don't have a problem. But look, this was Jesus. Jesus knew what was happening. You know, you know how Peter should have felt? Peter should have felt loved. That Jesus loved him enough to come and let him know, I've been watching out for you. He says, but I have prayed for thee. Can you imagine how it felt for Peter to know that Jesus himself was not only watching out for him, but he was praying for him. Now, folks, what kind of a blessing could you be to somebody today, somebody right here in our body, if we just took the moment and say, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Well, what an encouragement that would be, because I'll tell you, the devil's a coward, and he loves to jump on people when they're down. He loves to jump on people. He doesn't care if you're physically sick, maybe your heart's sick, maybe there's trouble in your home. He doesn't care. He's going to jump on you. And what a blessing it is when somebody steps in and tries to help lift you up a little bit, a little bit and encourage you. How can we do that? First thing, very simply, we can do that by watching out or looking out for one another. Galatians 6, the Bible tells us that if a brother be overtaken in a fall, that means he has stumbled, he's fallen, that we don't go and kick them while they're down. What do we do? You which are spiritual, restore them. Let's go pick them up. Hey, the, the old phrase years ago, I didn't understand at first what it meant when I was a kid, that the army of God is the only army that shoots its wounded, but I believe oftentimes that's the truth. We shoot our wounded. 
Like we haven't fallen, like we haven't messed up, like we haven't had a bad day. Folks, can I tell you something? We're part of the body. We're all together. When one of us falls, listen, the body is at risk. It is, listen, it's to all of our collective benefit that we watch out for one another and be willing to go help pick each other up. Why? Because we're part of the same body. Number one, number one, how do we be engaged for each other? Well, we simply look out for each other. But look back down to verse number 18. The Bible says, and watching thereunto with all perseverance. Now, here's kind of the the difficult part of watching and caring and looking out for one another. It's going to require perseverance. So, number two, we look out. Number two, we keep up. We look out for one another and we keep up with each other. You know, it's easy to say, you know what, I'm going to look out for so-and-so. I had one of our, (coughs) excuse me, one of our shut-ins the other day. We were visiting with them, and they expressed a need that they had, a very, a very legitimate need that they had. And all of a sudden, I wanted to say, well, I will take care of that for you, but it's an ongoing need. It's easy to do something one time, but we've got to make sure that we're not just doing a one-hit wonder, but we're willing to persevere and keep up with what we commit to. He says here, not only are we to watch thereunto with all perseverance. Go to Matthew, we don't want to turn there. Matthew chapter 13, we know the story of the seed that was sown. The Bible says it was while men slept that the enemy came. The enemy looks for opportunities to get in. We see in the book of Job where the devil was going up and down and to and fro. What was the devil trying to do? He's trying to find a vulnerable spot. And I assure you, each and every one of us will have a vulnerable spot in our life. We're going to have a bad day, a down day, a day where we're not as close to God as we were. Write it down. It's going to happen. And what the devil's looking to do is to get into that weak spot. But if we're not only willing to look out for one another, but keep up with one another, what does that mean? That means I'm going to do my best to lift you up when you fall. I'm going to stick with it. Why? Because the body is worth it. Now, perseverance is not something that, uh, that is in my DNA, to be honest with you. I start diets for about two weeks, and that, that's about as long as that lasts. I decided a while back, several years ago, I was going to read through the Bible in 72 hours. Think about after two hours, we gave it up. Perseverance is something that we have to be dedicated and committed to. You say, well, what motivates us to do that? The health of the body. It says here, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Can I give the greatest reason you ought to persevere for one another? Because we know our enemy is. We know our enemy is. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't give up as easy as we do. He doesn't go home as fast as we do. I see Job. Job's in the middle of this hedge that God has built. And I see that lion, that roaring lion, walking around his hedge. He's just walking around, waiting to get in. I'd love to say that my hedge has been intact, but there have been times through my transgressions that I have knocked holes in my own hedge. There have been times where I have wanted to quit, I have wanted to give up. And boy, how thankful I was For godly men and women that I had in my life that were there to help me persevere, kept up with me. They didn't give up on me. Folks, we don't have a right to give up on anybody. You know, we we sit back oftentimes and we throw people away way too easily. We do. People mess up. 
People uh, damage their reputation. People do something that maybe is a little bit embarrassing. But folks, haven't we all? Aren't you glad God perseveres with you? Aren't you glad God makes his mercies new every day? I'm glad God doesn't use the same measuring stick for mercy that I do. You'd read the newspaper tomorrow, Hattiesburg pastor struck by lightning. I'd run out quick. But he perseveres for me. He is long-suffering toward me. And folks, we ought to be that way toward one another. I told you eventually I will hurt your feelings or I'll let you down. It's probably already happened. Folks, sooner or later, you'll probably hurt my feelings and you'll probably let me down. But we've got to persevere for one another. Why? Because we're part of the same body. We're not only going to watch out for each other, but we're going to keep up with each other. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1, I'll turn back verse number 16. Listen close to what he says. How comforting was this to the church at Ephesus? Verse 15, wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Paul says, as soon as I heard of your fate, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Paul says, I'm keeping up with you. It was a blessing to me this past week. I got a text on my phone and, you know, it's amazing. The devil can use this, but you could also use this if you decided to for the glory of God. I got a text on my phone from a friend and he just said this, praying for you today. Praying for you today. Now, what he didn't know was I was having a pretty rough day on that particular day. You know, sometimes you preach a message and you feel like it went about that far and it hits the floor. You ask my wife, she can tell you which ones I gripe about. Oh, I can whine and complain. That was horrible. You could probably tell me which ones we're talking about, right? That was just horrible. And man, I was just like, nobody got that. That didn't go over well. It was just, and it hit the floor. Man, I got a text from a good friend of mine in Houston, Texas. He had no, now he may have been watching the live stream. Maybe that's what it was. And he was like, yeah, he needs prayer today. Oh, what it did for me. You know, a new pastor, you take a church and you have friends to let you know in the first month, I'm praying for you. But after about the first or second month, you don't hear from a lot of folks anywhere. What a blessing it is to have brothers and sisters in Christ who have persevered with me and who pray for me. You know what that made me want to do? It made me think about who could I encourage today? I have a note. It's on the lamp in my office. Every day, evangelize, encourage, and edify. I want to be a blessing to people the way they are a blessing to me. And one of the best ways you can do that is look out for them and then keep up with them. Don't give up on them when something's going wrong. But here's, here's the problem with that. In order to persevere for the saints, we, we have to care. We have to care. Folks, oftentimes we go through the motions, but going through the motion will not sustain you in ministry. What will sustain you in ministry for other people? We know the acrostic Jesus and others and you, the joy will come from your caring for them. You've got to care about what you're doing. And folks, if we'll just learn to care for folks the way that God cared for us, we'll be willing to persevere for them, to keep up with them, and then to watch out for them. Now, this is the last part, verse 18. The Bible says, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. The word supplication is an interesting word. It's a little bit stronger than praying for somebody. You look up the word supplication, you'll often find the word beg on the behalf of others. You'll find that word beg mentioned oftentimes. 
So finally, when someone is in need or there's a part of the body that is suffering, not only are we watching out for them, looking out for them, and we are keeping up with them, but supplication means stepping in for them. Stepping in for them. Supplication means you're going and begging on the behalf of, you're beseeching God almost in an intercessory type of thing where they have a tremendous need in their life and you are willing to bow before God, to bow before God and to beg God on their behalf to supply what they're lacking. Sometimes we have to be willing to step in. Sometimes we have to be willing to walk away from all the things that occupy our life and make sure that that weaker part of the body has what they need because remember, we're all part of the same body. I saw a story years ago. I told the starting point this morning about it, but I went on the line. I, I looked it up, but I could not find it. The internet is so vast, it's hard to find things like that anymore. But there was a man on an airplane. True story, I saw this on the news, and he got a paper cut on the airplane. A simple paper cut. Now, paper cuts are horrific, uh, but they're usually not life-threatening. Because that paper cut, I forget how it all went down. He was traveling long flight. He developed gangrene in that paper cut on his finger. As a result, I believe he lost both hands below, uh, both arms below the elbow. Had that amputated the way that gangrene spread in his body. All from a paper cut. Now, folks, it's the same way in our body. There will be times we must be willing to supplicate. We must be willing to step in on the behalf of, to beg God or do what we can on behalf of someone else who is in need of us being that that wall of grace between them and what is coming their way. One of my favorite characters in Scripture, he's not talked about a lot. Turn with me to your right and we'll conclude here tonight in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, and look down to verse number 25. I want to see, show you someone who was willing to step in. Ephesians chapter 2, look down to verse 25. The Bible says, Paul speaking, yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger... And he that ministered to my wants. So you live about his character there. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness, because that he had heard that ye had heard that he had been sick. Now notice what he's worried about. He longed after you all and was full of heaviness because he heard that ye heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him, therefore, more carefully, that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation. Now watch verse 30. Because for the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. Notice the spirit of Epaphroditus. You see the emotions and you see the distress that he was in. He was sick. The Bible says nigh unto death. Why? Because the Bible says for the work of Christ to supply your lack of service toward me. You know what Epaphroditus was doing? He was stepping in. He was stepping in. 
He says there's a gap, there's a breach, there's a need, and he placed himself. He stepped in. That's the ultimate supplication when you're willing to go and to fill the void on the behalf of another. Folks, can I tell you, Epaphroditus had to set aside his life. He was no longer watching out for himself. He was watching out for the greater need that was there. These kind of people are few and far between that are willing on the behalf of the need of the greater good of the body to, watch what it says in verse verse 30, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. I kind of feel like Epaphroditus says, you know what, there's something more important than my health. There's something more important than my needs in my life, and that is the service of God. The Bible says in verse number 25, notice what he calls him. Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier and messenger. This guy was like a Swiss army knife of service toward God. He was sacrificial, willing to fill the void. He says, hey, I'll go. He's like, who will go and fill in the gap? He says, I will. He didn't look for anybody else. He did it on his own. And folks, if we will have the spirit of Epaphroditus, that we're going to be engaged for each other. We're not only going to look out for each other, but we're going to keep up with each other. And then we're going to be willing to step in for each other where the need is at. Why? Because we're all part of the same body. Paul would put it this way in 2 Corinthians 12. He said, I will rather be spend and be spent for you. Spend and be spent for you. Why? Because the body has got to get the work done. If there's a need in the body, that need has got to be met in order to fulfill the will of God through us. So tonight, very simply, here's the message. If our church is going to be engaged in the will of God, we're going to have to be engaged for each other. We've got to make sure that we watch out for each other. If we care about this body, let's watch out for each other. If somebody, look, somebody misses, we ought to call and check on them. I ought to drop my note in the mail. I want you to know we, we love you and we're praying for you. If we know that somebody has a burden and is carrying something on their heart or maybe something in their home, hey, let's be willing to step in and help. Why? Because we're part of the same body. Watch out. Let's keep up with each other. Let's not just say, you know what, I'm going to look out for you and I'm going to care for you for a little while. No, let's persevere for one another because we're part of the same body. And then let's make sure we step in for each other. Let's, as a good friend of mine used to say years ago, he was a member of my first church. He's in heaven now. He said, let's make sure we put some feet on our prayers. It's great to pray for one another, but let's be willing to step in for one another. Why? Because God wants to work through this body. And let's make sure this body is healthy enough that God could be used. And we're going to do that by being engaged for each other. Let's have our heads bowed and eyes closed tonight.